Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. get better in your life and things are going to get better in my life, I have to change and you have to change because that's the only person I can control is me. And so um, today I want to talk to you about growing and I would say this, growing equals change, right? I mean, you take a baby that's born, uh, you look at a baby and, and as that baby, you know, as, it, as time passes, that baby should continue to grow. If it doesn't, something's wrong. So growth means change. You know what? To learn means change. You know, someone says, well, you know, I have learned that. Well, if you're, not, if you're not changed, then you haven't learned it. Learning means to change. Grow means to change. And today I want to talk to you about uh, growing. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're in, we're in a, what we, a series called An Opportunity for a Better Life. And we've talked about our core four, the core four values that we have. And one was, the first one was connecting. You can listen to that. It was last week's message. But this one, today I want to talk to you about growing, and I want to talk to you about growing in God's character. How we grow in God's character. So if you will uh, pull out, or this, actually this statement's coming up on the screen that I want to share with you, and I'd like for us to read it together. You ready? This statement, let's read it together. Here we go. To grow, I have to... Okay, so now I'm going to say to grow... And then you are going to do like you would do to me. Like, you, you know, like if you wanted me to change or you, just think about uh, maybe you're talking to your children or you're talking to your parents or your spouse and saying, you have to change. Okay, you know what I'm saying? But instead of you, we're going to say, I have to change. So I want you to take your pointer finger and I want you to say, I'm going to say to grow. And then you're going to say, I have to change. You ready? Let's try it. You ready? To grow. I have to change. Oh, boy. Yes. You got a little attitude today. Use a little rough on yourself right there for a moment. You know, let's try it again. You ready? Come on. To grow, I have to change. That's right. I have to change. To get better, I have to change. To get, if, it's gonna, if my life's going to get better, it's me. It's not them. And so today, again, we're going to take that on the spiritual side. And when you take care of the spiritual, it always helps everything else. So let, let's dive in. You ready? So what I would share with you is this. is Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. Look what the Bible says. He says, for those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of who? His son. That's right. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, let me just explain that verse to you. When Jesus was on the cross dying, he saw all of the future. He knew all of us. He knew that we would be born. And, he, and the Bible says it was God's will that when Jesus was dying, he foresaw you, he foresaw me, but it was his will that you and I be predestined. That means the purpose of our life be to be conformed to his image. That means that this, that as you grow as a believer in Christ Jesus, as you get older in your faith, you should be coming more and more like Jesus. That's the goal of faith. That's, that's what, your life should get better. Why? Because you should grow. You should grow. You should mature. You shouldn't stay a baby. And you should grow. 
and you become more and more like Christ in your faith. So in order to do that today, I want to give you four things that's going to help us do that. So I have this statement. It says, I grow in God's character when, number one is this. You ready? Here we go. Write this down. Exchange my stress for God's rest. I exchange. I grow in God's character when I exchange my stress for God's rest. Again, Jesus was the character of God in flesh. And so, I grow in God's character when I exchange my stress for God's rest. Now, this, this passage that I'm about to read to you is a very familiar passage. Maybe you're not even a Christian here today. I would say that you probably have heard this at funerals. It's the 23rd Psalm. Notice how David began writing, and he talks about the importance of this principle way back then. Look what it says. Psalm 23. It says, the who? The Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, that means he's leading me, okay? And that's what we want God to do is lead us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, notice that. He makes me what? He makes me lie down in green pastures. Okay, I want you to stop right there. And I want you to write the word rest over that. R-E-S-T, rest. He makes me lie down. Now, I don't know, but when I read this, it makes me think, remember when I was um, in kindergarten or first grade, you may remember this, how that you had to have a mat. I don't know if they still do that or not, but you had to have a mat because like around lunchtime you had to take a nap. Anybody remember that, like having to take a nap? Okay, yes, in kindergarten. Now, if you were to ask me, I think they got that all wrong. I think in kindergarten you need to stay awake, but when you get in high school you need a nap. <laughs> right? Right? Am I right about that? I thought I'd get some students to say amen. And we all did it. How many, how many, of, you ever, how many of you ever went to sleep like on, you know, on your desk with your head on your arms and you woke up with a big old line right here? Anybody like that? Yes. Now, we're, going, we're not going to ask about the ones of you that woke up with drool coming off your face. We're not, no, we ain't going there. So the Bible, God says that we need rest. So because he's our shepherd... He makes us lie down. He makes us take a nap. He makes us rest. All right? And then it goes on to say this. Look what it says. He leads me beside the what? Still waters. You know what that means? Turn off the noise. You might want to write that down. Turn off the noise. Let me say it a different way. Turn off the noise. Turn off the noise. So many of us in this room are so stressed because, number one, we, we've not rested our bodies and rested our spirits and rested our minds. And the reason being is because we have noise on all the time. And I'm going to tell you, that'll kill you. Would you agree with me that we're in an angry culture? We have a culture that's very angry. Would you agree with that? That people, that people will, they, they will spin you out in your car, they will shoot you, they will stab you over a piece of bubble gum. You agree with that? But nothing. You know why? Because everybody's on edge. You know, they're stressed out. They've not had rest. And so he goes on to say this. He said, he leads me beside the still waters. He what? Restores what? My soul. Let me talk to you about your soul. You know what your soul is? Your soul is your mind and your will, what you want to do, what you want to do. It's your will 
and your emotion. Now here's a problem. When we do not rest, lie down, when we do not let our minds rest, our spirits rest, and we don't, and we don't turn off the noise and all that old, new, that old stuff's going on all the time, distractions, all the time, 24-7, when that happens, something our soul becomes broken. And then we begin to make decisions only by emotion. And let me just tell you something. The majority of decisions that are only emotional decisions are bad decisions. Would you agree with that? And so that's why our world is so enraged right now because everybody's making emotional decisions. Why? Because our soul is fractured. And so the Bible says, when we get with, when, when we learn to lie down, when we learn to lie, say, God, okay, I need to take a break here, lie down before Him. That means rest before Him and, and turn off the noise, turn off, so we can detox from the world, right? We need that detox. And when we detox, then all of a sudden, God is able to speak to our mind, our will, and our emotions, and He's able to let us just take it down and settle down. Settle down. And we need that. Look at, the, look at the next passage with me. Mark 2 and 27 says this. This is Jesus speaking here. He says, Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for who? Okay, okay, ladies, listen. This means mankind, all right? It's not just, all right, yeah, he ain't talking to me. He said, man, there ain't talking to me. No, it was mankind, all right? So the Sabbath was made for man, not for, not man for the what? Okay, let me tell you. So God, listen, God, when He created the world, when He created the world, on the seventh day, God did something. What did God do? He rested. Now, God didn't get tired. He didn't need to rest. I mean, He's God. He don't get tired. He just spoke the world into existence. He didn't need it. But what He was doing was showing you and I the importance of rest. And if God decided that He was going to rest on the seventh day, then don't you think that you need some rest? Matter of fact, you know what? The Ten Commandments, okay, everybody, the Big Ten, the Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not kill, steal, commit adultery, all of that. How many of you think it's okay to break the commandments of God? The Ten Commandments, you think it's okay to just break them? No, nobody's hand's going up right now. You're like, hey, I ain't doing that. You know what? I have broken the Ten Commandments, and I do it often, and, and I, I have, God's got to help me with it. And you know the one that I break the most? Is remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now see, today is your Sabbath day. It's your day off. You have done the first part. You're coming to worship God to renew your spirit. That's great. But the majority of you today are going to dart out of here, and you're going to be like a bat out of Hades. And you're going off to this, and you're going to run to that, and you, and you know what? And you, you got your whole evening planned, and you know what? Everything that you didn't get to through the week, you piled up on this day. And you wonder, and you wonder why you're so stressed out. And you wonder why this thing ain't working out. Now, let me tell you something. My day's Friday, okay? Because I'm going to be here, you know, I'll be here till 1.30, 2 o'clock today, going as hard as I can go. And it is a little stressful talking to you, I'll be honest with you. You know, I know you think that's great every week, and I look like I don't stress at all, but yeah, I stress. So Sunday's not my day. It's, it's my day of work. But on Fridays, I want you to know that I have done like you, many of you, 
And that that's where a day where I, I choose to detox, but lately I've sinned. Because I have let the leftovers of the week fall on that day, and I've tried to use it as a catch-up day and not restore my soul. And so I owe you an apology, because I can't be the best that I can be if I'm sinning, can I? And so I ask God to forgive me, I ask you to forgive me. And I'm going to get better at it. And what about you? What about you? Are you going to have a Sabbath day and you can rest? It makes you better. That's what I want. God wants it to better you. You see, here's why. Why did God create the Sabbath? Here's why. Because when you disengage, you can re-engage passionately. When you disengage. That's why we have to learn to turn it off. Turn the noise off. Because, listen, the reason we're so wound up, so tight, and, and the reason we're so stressed all the time is because everybody has access to us 24 hours a day, and, and the news is running 24 hours a day. It's constant. And until we learn to turn it off for a, a period of time, we cannot get restored. We're walking around with a broken soul and a broken spirit. And it's killing us. Okay, look at the next verse with me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said this. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are what? Weary. Boy, that just rung some bells, didn't it? Like, God, boy, I'm wore out. Weary and carry what? Heavy burdens. Now look at the promise here. Here it is. You ready? Let's read it. I will give you. I'm telling you. Some of you say, well, I just need another vacation. No, you don't. You don't need another vacation. You know why? Because your vacation, you don't, vac- you don't rest on vacation. Heck no, you're going to conquer something. You say, well, I'm going to go on a cruise ship so I can just relax. Oh, no, you're not. You're going to do everything on that ship. You just go, 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 go. You don't need another vacation. You need just to rest. And let me just say this to you before I move on. If you're, a Christ, if you're not a Christ follower, if Jesus Christ is not living inside of you, friend, you have no hope, you have no peace, you have no shot at this because you just walk around with a broken soul all the time. You need Jesus Christ to save your soul. That you can be new. And so today, if you're not a Christ follower, I want to invite you to get your soul healed today. And that is right. There's a prayer in here called the prayer to become a Christ follower. It's just for you. We knew you was going to be here. Why don't you read that prayer and say, God, that's me. And then check it on the back of this card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Okay. Once you do that, then baptism is important. Because baptism is sort of like sealing the deal. So I just want to challenge you. If you've not been baptized, get baptized. You can sign up on the back of our connection card. All right. Remember what we said? To grow... Oh, boy, I lost half of you already. Dang it. Let's try it again. You ready? Come on, ready? To grow. That's right. I have to change. All right. So, I grow in God's character when, number two is this, is I turn off the bad news and I turn on the good news. Oh, this is so good. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you what? Abide, okay, let's try it again. Jesus said, if you what? Abide, Abide. okay. If you abide, that means hang out, right? When we're abiding together, we're sort of hanging out. I like that word. If you abide in my words, and my, uh, you're my disciple indeed, and you shall know the what? And the truth shall make you? All right, here it is, watch this. When I get in God's word, when I begin to get in God's word, 
by reading it or listening to it, God's word gets in me. All right, here it is. Here it, here it is. God's word sets me free from me. God's word, God's word sets me free from me. And God's word will set you free from you. And again, we said, you know, to grow what? I have to change, right? Listen, why do, why do I need to be free? Here's why. Because I have grown up, and so have you, in a world that has fed me lies and has fed you lies. I can tell you from the time I was, I was a, a young boy, you know, the world began to teach me about sex that wasn't true. It began to teach me things about that that wasn't true. Uh, it began to, you know, people said things to me that wasn't true about that. You know, they, they uh, broadcast pornography in front of, uh, front of our children all the time. I mean, it's Hollywood constantly. All the movies is about, you know, the way that relationships should be, a one-night stand. I mean, I have been inundated with things that aren't true, and so have you. And so, so what I'm telling you is that the world has fed me about money. It said about sex, about money. It said, you know what? If you just have enough money, you'll be happy. And if you have all these things, you'll be happy. And I'm going to tell you, that is not true. And it said about power. If you just be large and in charge, then you'll be happy. And that's just not true. And so I'm telling you, I am one screwed up man because of the world. Now, don't be amen to me. You are too. I'm not, I'm not the only screwed up person here. Don't you know that? And you, I know you're screwed up. Why? Because you, you've been in this world too and people have lied to you about things that aren't true and, and you don't know what's true. And so you've just been going on what you've been hearing and, and the latest trend is this so you try that and you just feel like a failure because it never ever works. I'm telling you, if we're going to get free, we've got to get in God's Word, let God's Word get in me and set me free from me. That's right, listen. Oh, listen. Your husband's not your problem. Your children's not your problem. Your parents' not your problem. Your employer's not your problem. Your teacher's not your problem. Your college professor's not your problem. Your greatest problem is you. Because you've been lied to. And we don't know that we're doing the best we can with what we know. And you just say, well, that's just the way my family is. That's right. That's the way they are. And you can break the family curse. You don't have to keep passing it on. You can get in God's Word and God's Word get in you. And it changed you. And you begin to know the truth and you can live above that. Amen. Amen. Just because everybody else got to divorce all of your family doesn't mean that you have to. And just because everybody's strung out on drugs doesn't mean you have to be. And just because everybody in your family's been broke, busted, and disgusted doesn't mean you have to be. Well, that's all we've been. Well, Dale, you don't have to be that way. My God, get in His Word. It gets in you and it sets you free from you. God's Word sets me free from me and it sets you free from you. And once you get, once you get free, man, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you're unstoppable. That's why, that's why it's so hard for you to turn on God's Word. You, some of you retired and you still don't have time to read God's Word. Why? Why? Because the devil keeps telling you, oh, just do it later, just do it later, just do it later. Why? Because once you get free from you, then you, you are a powerful force in this world. And you change your family trees. I know I'm preaching good today. 
Psalm 119, look at this, what it says. Psalm 119, 105, look what he says. Let's read those first two words out loud. Those first two words. You ready? Here we go. Let's read them. Your word. Now, who do you think he's talking about? Who's, who's your? God, right? We're agreeing with that, God. Okay, so here, here's what he said. Watch, let's read it. You ready? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a what? God's word is. So here, here's the question. If you're not going to get in God's Word and let God's Word get into you, then whose Word are you going to let get into you that can lead you? Who, whose Word's getting into you? Are you going to live by talk radio? Is that what you're going to live by? Okay, the latest, the personal talk radio, is that what you're going to, are you going to live by the, the, the late, latest uh, rapper, you know, their philosophy of life, the, the, great, the next athlete, their philosophy? Whose Word's are going to lead you? You've got to make that decision. And my friend, I don't know anybody higher than God. I don't know anybody smarter than God. I just don't know them. If I knew them, I'd follow them. I sure would. I just would follow them. If I knew anybody better than God, I would follow But I don't know anybody better than God and Jesus. So you get to choose. Whose words are going to lead your life? And you have to make that decision. Turn off the news and turn on the good news. So I have a next step for you. It's right here <clears throat> on the back of this card. It says, I will do my best to turn off the news and read or listen to God's word. If you make that decision, my friend, you have the potential to change your family dynamic. And I double dog, triple dog dare you to do it. Would you check that box so we can pray for it? That's a spiritual decision. We want to help you make it. Okay. Now, before I move on, I've got to ask you, I've got to say this statement again. You ready? Here it is. You ready? To grow, I have to change. Okay. Let's, are you ready? Can you handle two more things? I've got two more things I want to tell you. All right, here we go. Thank you very much. I'm right here. Yes, I've got one amen. The other three, you can shut up right now, but I'm good. I ain't. I'm going on. I'm diving in. Here we go. I grow in God's character when, number three, here it is. I practice generosity. I'm about, to, I'm about to mess you up because you think, oh, he's about to ask my money. No, ain't. No, ain't. Watch this. Let, you, let the bar down. Listen, let me tell you something. The definition of generosity is this. It's that I give without wanting something in return. I know a lot of givers, but I don't know very many generous people. See, this is embedded in us from the time that we're small, right? I don't know how our culture has done this, but it's done it to our children as well. Watch this. The guy that was singing right here, his name's Danny. His wife, Chesney, is our family ministries pastor. They have a little boy. And uh, Rhonda and I get him, and he'll come to our house sometimes. He calls me PJ. And when he's about four years old, he climbed up in my lap. He'd just come up and just give me a big hug. I mean, put his little face right beside my face right there and just, just squeeze me. I mean, it was one of the, it just felt so good. I said, oh, I just love you too so much. And, then, and he was just squeezing. And before he let go, he just whispered in my ear. He said, PJ, I want to go to Walmart. <laughs> I'll go to Walmart. He has learned that when he gives, he was expecting something in return, right? At four years old. Four years. 
Already we, we've got this in our culture. And you, it's so ingrained in our culture, look, it's so ingrained that when somebody gives you something, we start thinking, don't we? Okay, what's this going to cost me? Isn't that amazing? When somebody gives you something, you automatically say, okay, what's this going to cost? Because we're not used to generosity, are we? And I'm going to tell you, you know, people would look at me and my life, they would say, you know, Jeff, Jeff's a good giver. He gives a lot. But I want to tell you something. I've never been very generous. I've just had to learn to get this. I've not been generous because I have given a lot, but I wanted something in return. When Rhonda and I first got married, you know, I gave a lot, but I wanted something in return. I wanted her to be like me. I want to be all love, fuzzy, and warm, and touchy-feely, you know. I want to be all of this. I thought if I gave her more, then she would have to change and become like what I wanted her to become. My children. I gave to them when I wasn't very generous. Because I was giving to them because I wanted something. I wanted them to say, Dad, you're the best dad in the whole world. And I wanted them to behave just right. And so I would try to give to them to get something from them. I wasn't very generous. And so Jesus challenges us. Look, the Bible says this in Acts 10, or Acts 20, it says this. Remember that our Lord Jesus said, more blessings come from what? Than from receiving. You know why? Because you get peace when you learn to be generous. You know why? Because you, keep, you, you quit keeping score. When you're a giver, when you give, you give, you know. But in the back of your mind, you're like, they owe me. They owe, they owe me. They owe me. I did all this for them. They owe me. And most of us don't know how to be generous. But I'm telling you, if you want to become more like Jesus, you learn to be generous. That means that you give your words of kindness and you just let it be at that. You get whatever you're giving, you give it without wanting anything in return. And then you get free from you. Feel free from you. So, <clears throat> before I go on, I've got to ask you this. I'm going to make our statement one more time. To grow! I have to change. Will you become a generous person? That's the question. Will you become the generous, a generous person? Giving without wanting in return. The last thing I'd like to share with you is this. I grow in God's character when I walk in faith. Walk in faith. Look what, look what the Bible says faith is. Look what it says. So the question is this. What is faith? The Bible answers. What is faith? It is the confidence assurance that something we want is what? Going to happen. It's the confidence assurance. He goes on to say this. It is the certainty that what we hope for is what? It's waiting for us. Even though we cannot what? Even though we can't see it up ahead. Watch this. We got a problem. As Christians, we have a problem. Our faith has been lost. We have the saying that, you know, when we pray, we say, well, I hope so. We tell someone, they say, well, well I'm going to pray for you and believe you ask God. Well, I hope so. We have, we have buried our faith 
our faith has been covered up. You know why? Here it is. Here's why. Because we live our life like everything is dependent on me. You live your life like everything's dependent on you. I got to make it happen. Let me tell you something. There's some things you can't make happen. Listen, I can't, I can't make you happy. Nobody else can make you happy. And you can't make you happy. You need God. I can't even make me happy. And neither can you. I've got to have God. There's some things that are, that are in my life that are so out of my control. And when I try to control what's out of my control, I'm playing God. And when I play God, I, I get stressed out. And I almost will have a breakdown. And so will you. But my, my job and your job is, is not to be God. My job and your job is to trust Almighty God and believe what we are praying for. It hasn't happened yet, but we believe that it's going to happen. Amen? Watch this, watch this, watch this. You see, there's some things that you've been praying for that you sort of give up on. And you still pray about them because you think, I'm supposed to pray about them. But here, let me tell you, let me tell you what happens. We pray like this, oh God, Lord, let this happen. Touch my husband, touch my wife, touch my children, oh God, my job, my finances. And then we go on and we just try to make it happen ourselves. And you say, well, I've been praying about it. Oh, no, 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 no. See, faith is it. Faith is not. Many of us think, okay, well, when God does something for us, we got, oh, thank you, God. You're so good. And yes, he is. And we should thank him for it. But let me tell you what faith is. Faith is this. It's faith is that when you prayed for it, you say, God, listen, thank you, Lord, I prayed for this, but instead of every day reminding them, God, about it, you just say this, God, I just want to thank you, Lord, that I see that job that I don't have yet, Lord, I know it's in my future, I know you've got a plan, and I know it's coming, so right now, God, I want to thank you for that new job. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website, at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.